Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. special episode we're coming to you at the end of the Orlando Magic season but we're not talking about this year's Orlando Magic we're talking about one of the greatest Orlando Magic teams of all time uh we just watched a documentary this magic moment on ESPN ESPN's latest 30 for 30 I'm joined today by Orlando Magic Daily co-editor Brett Roberts Brett I know that I know the end of that movie's a gut punch I've I I had seen it already um, I, I went to the premiere last week um, that, that a couple of Magic people were invited to, that Magic staff was largely invited to, as, as well as some, some media. Uh, but it, it's still a gut punch the second time you see it. H- how you feeling? You, you doing okay? I mean, it's hard, Phil. It, it's two hours of a, a heavy dose of our childhood and all the bitter disappointment welling right back up to the surface again. Uh, it, it made me look at some things again that, you know, I certainly spent enough years afterwards thinking about, but uh, for ESPN to make a 30 or 30 document, 30 for 30 documentary on it shows that, you know, this, this is a cult classic team really. Yeah, it really is. It's, I mean, I I wrote about this in in kind of my preview earlier this week. It's really a team that, that resonates with, with the culture of basketball. And, And that's why it was really a perfect team for the 30 for 30. I mean, this, this was, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's probably one of the few teams on NBA 2K that did not win a championship. One of the classic teams that did not win a championship that's included right. on, on there. I think they were one of the first in, in that line. There, there are certainly more, a few others now. I, I mean, you'll Only see like that. a couple others that I even use that I can think of. That 93-94 Nuggets team and the 92-94. Yeah. 92, 90, yeah. The, run TMC, the run TMC Warriors are on there. Uh, the, the, the 2001 Kings. Um, you know, they're, they're, Iverson Sixers. Huh? Iverson Sixers are on there. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like, I mean, there's there's a lot of these these great great teams that that you know aren't you know if you, if you run a thread through NBA history, there there are definitely certain teams that are the main story. You know, you can't tell NBA history without these teams. And, and the Magic aren't. What, I mean, the the line that ends the film is a perfect one from Nick Anderson. There are short stories and there are long stories. This is a short. This is a short one. Um, yeah. The, the Magic aren't one of those teams, but what makes history so interesting, and, and what makes fandom so interesting, and experiencing the league so interesting, are these are these side stories, are these these stories about the teams that could have been that that you know should have been that were interesting and quirky, but not necessarily won won the games. And I'm sure 
One day they'll make a thirty for thirty about the seven seconds or less Suns. I mean, they made a they wrote a book about them, and it's in, it's in, you know it's in one of the one of the best basketball books probably written, uh, or certainly one of the more interesting. Um, you know, this was just a, a really interesting story, and it still holds a lot of national pull, which is you know why you get a documentary made about it. Um, why it was one they wanted to make a documentary about. What about this story? Do you think still creates that pull? I think the youth of the, the whole matter, you know, how, how young that team really was and how good it was so fast. You know, it. as I was watching it, I was a 14, 15, 16-year-old kid. And these are guys half a decade removed from me that are, on, that, you know, roughly speaking, that are playing the NBA Finals, you know? So it was like not only were the older fans able to, like, say, wow, look at this, but they were a very identifiable team for the youth of this country, I think, you know? Yeah, yeah, and certainly coming at a time, and, and I don't think the film got into this a whole lot, and maybe they should have, the the way the NBA was coming up at that point, um, Jordan had kind of set this level that you know NBA players are marketable, and Shaq and Penny were two of the first guys to really kind of ride on Jordan's coattails and become these marketing giants. And the fact that they were on the same team, and, and I did think the documentary um, got into this really, really, really well, uh, was, you know, Shaq and Penny were these marketing giants. They were these two players that everyone wanted a piece of, that everyone wanted to be like. I mean, Shaq, as this big man, was this uh, this magnanimous personality, a guy that, that, you know, instantly attracted people to him, could do it from Orlando. I mean, everyone, I think this was a comment I saw on Twitter a lot, and it was really fun and fun watching this movie, you know, knowing what was going to come up so I could prepare prepare some 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 content for, for, for followers, but it's really fun watching the conversations going on while the movie was airing and people being like, oh man, what would this team be like with Twitter, with, with everyone talking about them? And like, oh. they were, they were team everyone talked about even before social media. It may not have been instantaneous, yeah. but people were talking about this team, you know, everywhere around the nation. They were a national sensation. Yeah. That social media thing's a real wrinkle into everything, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it really is, and, and, and we did get a, a crying Jordan Nick Anderson meme, and I was very disappointed in, in the person that did it, but I knew it was coming, and I, I said I would retweet yep. it, and so I did. Um, I mean, any Jordan crying face could, it can be used. It's going to be used. That's one of our new laws yes, of the internet. Yes, yeah, it's almost like Godwin's law at this point. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, you brought up what I, what I thought was the most interesting takeaway that I had from the documentary um, is is – youth. I mean, I think when, you know, when they first announced that they were going to do this story, I really thought of it. And, and, you know, maybe you can, before we dive deep, too deep in the deep into this, um, I really thought that the story was just a basic tragedy, a, a, a team with a lot of potential, a lot of, oppor- a lot of opportunity in front of them. And it just mm-hmm. fell apart for, you know, a number of, a number of reasons, whether it was, you know, the same forces of fortune that created it, also destroyed it. Um, and, and I think it's, you know, hinted at in the film, you know, you get these two lottery picks, these two number one draft picks, and that propels you to the top. But then Michael Jordan comes back and Michael Jordan's the you know, greatest player of all time, yada, 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 yeah. yada. Uh, yeah. Then there's this quirk in free agency where there's no restricted free agency. The, the summer that Shaquille O'Neal happens to be a free agent or the magic come in with a, a maybe not a, a full max offer, but certainly a competitive offer, what they think would be a competitive offer, and then Alonzo mm-hmm. Mourning gets a hundred 
you know, hundred million dollars in a contract, and now their offer just looks silly. Um, you know, Penny Hardaway, right. Penny Hardaway with his with his knee injury, um, eventually just sapping him of everything that made him special. Uh, it, the way the way things built up and the way things collapsed just seemed to be a lot of fortune, a lot of you know chance, a lot of just bad man, you know, bad management, uh, and it just seemed like it was a tragedy on that sense. And, and just the basic storytelling is saying. This is this is just a tragic story of what could have been, and that was what I was kind of the story I was expecting coming into this. Um, you were fifteen or sixteen. You were fifteen and sixteen when this happened. I was five and six. Five. I was. You're five. When the magic arrived. So it was, I was five when the magic made the playoffs for the first time. So I was right, six and yeah. seven. You know, so I'm about ten years younger than you. I was six and seven. So I experienced this very differently than you did. Um, so I, I'm I curious. Ma- <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. like I, I told this story to a few people when when I was at the at the viewing and, and we had a little little get together um, at, at at a nearby bar um, after after the the premiere last week. And I was saying, you know, like, you know, Jeff Turner asked me, you know, how old were you when this happened? And I was like, I was six or seven. Like, the the only thing I really remember, I was at Game One of the 1995 NBA Finals. My my family um, have been season ticket holders, you know, since the beginning. Uh, so I've been going mm-hmm. to games forever, but um, yeah, I, I remember go, being at Game One of the nineteen ninety five NBA Finals, and the only thing I remember from that game and that experience was seeing them roll out a grand piano to play the national anthem. Everything else, <laughs> everything else is gone. Like I, I don't okay. have like a, you know, memory. Well, that, I mean, Magic came into the NBA. I was eight years old, so you were yeah. still younger than. Than when day one kicked off for me, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I. I mean, I know I was at certain things though that first year, but I have no memory of it. Like I, I like I, during during the Magic's 2009 Finals run, and you know maybe I'll maybe I'll maybe if you all are lucky, I'll 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 share this photo on on Twitter. We'll we'll see. Um, I have a I, I used my profile photo during the 09 Finals run was of me and Otis Smith at the Magic's first practice, because Otis Smith was the GM at the time. And uh-huh. I am literally one years old. And he is he is holding he is holding me up. Like is it is just <laughs> like the craziest thing in the world. Like the last game at the at the Orlando Arena, you know, I went to Nick Anderson and I had a photo fo- we took a photo of me and him holding a photo of me and him from that first practice and we found Matt Gukas and did the same thing. Like is like like uh, my memory my memory of those early years, like I was learning a lot about the early years um, from this documentary and from other stories yeah. that I've read, so I, I I'm curious as, as someone who's maybe a little bit older and how you experienced this. What kind of story were you expecting from from this documentary? Well, I mean the, the whole the whole thing just kind of flashed to me in a cartoon here, <laughs> where Shaq, if Shaq leaves and Phil raises up out of his little kid's bed and throws his stuffed doll against the wall, and that I'm definitely screaming. Happened. I'm screaming, and I'm screaming obscenities out of my bedroom window. That's the <laughs> that's the chasm in age there. Yes. You know, and, and it is really funny because, like, our memories from a very young age are obviously very different. Like my my first Magic game, I remember the program better than the game. I must have really loved that hoop magazine with Jack Sigma on the cover. I still have it, but nice. I, I remember the program better than the game. You know, so so there's those little idiosyncrasies. But yeah, like as as a, as a teenager, well. The weirdest thing to me now is when I look back is that I got it then and now it's like, man, you know, like, did I really realize what slipped through my fingers as a Magic fan when that happened? I don't think I did. I don't think the whole gravity of it really sunk in at that moment when when Shaq left. I immediately started looking at other rosters and saying, well, hey, let's go get Felton Spencer on the radio. 
We went and got Felton Spencer, like, days afterwards. He never played a game for the Magic. But, you know, like, I was... I don't. I don't think I realized what 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 disappeared and what went away from a potential NBA legacy when Shaq left. You know, I really did not, at that time, get it. I don't think. And I, and yeah, yeah, it was weird because most of the adults in the or you know adult the adult fan base was furious. They booed Shaq, but I'm like, this guy wanted to be in LA all along. That was kind of how I looked at it. You know. Yeah. Um. It's and it's interesting you bring that up because because I think this I think what I came to realize while I was watching this movie and it really came to me while I was watching this movie. And, and, um, you know, I think my memory, memory of that time was, you know, this was just a fun thing to do. Like I was the magic guy in school, like for show and tell in first grade, I reviewed what happened to the magic the previous week. Um, that was, that was my show and tell every single week for the entire school year. Um, early, early Orlando magic daily days, Orlando, (laughs) Orlando magic daily days. It was Orlando magic weekly at that point. Um, but, (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, like I, I just remember it being that the arena was just rocking. It was just a fun time. You know, I, I don't think I even realized what I was watching to some extent. Um, like I knew it was good. I knew the magic were winning and I just, you just love the, the pure joy of victory. And it definitely yeah. hurt when Shaq left. Like you, you, like you, like even at seven years old, you know that that probably means you're not competing for a championship anymore. And I was a penny guy. Like I was, I wanted to be a guard. I wanted to be a big guard like him and, and all that. But you know, I still had, I still felt like I had a healthy respect for Shaq. Like I I knew there was nothing without Shaq. Uh, And you know, it just felt like the good times were gone and and some of the innocence was gone. Um, after that and and you can't you know you don't know that i don't you don't know that when you're seven years old but it you definitely feel it um and yeah. and you know i stuck with the team obviously uh a lot of other people abandoned abandoned them um and that frustrated well, me more than anything that that people abandoned them after shock left mm-hmm. i was like this is still our team guys it's still the same pin it's still the same pinstripe uniforms it's still you know a lot of the same players this isn't the time to to give up on these guys and I, that, that, I know that frustrated me more than anything and being seven years old, that's, you know, pretty, pretty big, you know, pretty big thing to try and figure out, uh, I, I would think. Um, but I remember that for us at the time, the, ne- the big next wave became, look at this guy in Daytona mainland named Vince Carter. He's pretty special too, huh? And they had that like, traffic I was, too. I was immediately thinking forward, like the, from the time it happened and onward, the, the river onwards, that I never really lamented the loss of that team. You know what I mean? I was, I was firmly committed to remaining a magic fan and moving forward and being as good as the team could be and thinking, Hey, we still got Penny Hardaway, like you said, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it was, it was, there were definitely some hard times, you know, it took, it took 12 years between the time the magic got out of the first round again. And, and certainly it was a lot of, a lot of hard times, but, uh, and, 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 you know, the, the fan base, you know, was, it, it, there was, I mean, I think, I think the the big lesson that I took from watching this film, and and I think I, I think, and again, I, I realized this while I was watching the movie, that the big lesson of this story is not kind of the the rise and fall and the tragedy of it. It's really about the folly of youth. Mm-hmm. And if there's if there's one weakness in the documentary. If there's one weakness in, in this magic moment, which, which again, I, I think it was really, really well done. It told the story really well. And maybe this is a complaint coming from someone 
who knows these stories by heart. Um, they're part of they're they're really part of Magic fan psyche. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think we're ever going to get over losing Shaq. Um, yeah. I, I joked I joked on Twitter and I've joked with a few people on the I've I've noted this to a few people on this. If they were to make a this magic moment too, they've got the material for it. Because the franchise essentially had the same situation come up. They did everything the exact opposite way they did it with Shaq, and they still lost the lost the big man. They still lost <laughs> the guy. Um but that was uh... That, that's that's a nasty aside, yeah. It's a nasty aside, but it's unfortunately true. Like there's no, still reality, yeah. there's there, a lot of the lessons are still being learned from from Shaq, um, and and this franchise is still trying. It's 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 separated itself from Shaq and gotten its own identity, but in very in very many ways, you know, there's you know there's I don't want to lighten PTSD, but there's there's some post traumatic stress disorder. Uh, from this mo- from this moment that happened to the franchise, and they're still reco- they're still recovering from it in in, in some way. Uh, but uh, and again, I'm not minimizing PTSD. Like I, I'm, I'm just using that because I can't think of any. I think of a better better metaphor. Um, but to me, the lesson was you got a young guy in Shaq, a young guy in Penny, and a franchise that is only six or seven years old. Um, plus a fan base that's only six or seven years old, and a city that is has its first major sports team and has mm-hmm. um, no experience with professional athletes before, uh, and that's really the, the the confluence that I saw occurring as I was watching the the documentary. Success came so soon, so quickly, so fortuitously that no one really knew how to handle it. Um, you know, Shaq admits in the movie that he left the magic because of his ego, that he um, he wanted to be the marquee guy and that it hurt him when the Sentinel ran the poll saying he's not worth $121 million or when the Sentinel ran a poll, a similar poll saying Penny was their favorite player. That hurt him. You know, Penny was a young guy. Uh you know, who was probably thinking he's invincible and can play through any injury. And, you know, the, you know, the one injury he couldn't play through is the one that probably ended his career in many ways. Um, the, the, you know, Rich DeVos had owned the team for, for three or four years when Shaq's free agency came up. And, you know, the line in the movie was that DeVos wanted Shaq to want to be here. It wasn't enough that they keep him. It's he wanted him to be here. And that's a very naive thought. You've got to just spend the money to keep him. And worry about the rest later. Um, you know the yeah. fan base. You know with the with the with the poll not realizing what they had, thinking oh success is easy. You know we just win the lottery again, and we're back in business, <laughs> or we can find another yeah. center. We Felton Spencer is good enough to replace Shaq and keep us competitive. Like all that naive, all that naivety. You know, and maybe I'm being naive and thinking Shaq's completely blameless and that Shaq wanted to wanted to didn't want to just go to LA anyway. I've heard plenty of stories that he was going to LA anyway, but I don't think mm-hmm. the magic helped themselves at all. Uh, helped themselves at all in, in that, in that argument. Um, but to me, the story was really about youth doesn't realize what they have until it's gone or, you know, youth, there's this youthful pride about you know, youth have pride. They don't know what they don't know sometimes. And that gets yeah. them into trouble. And if, if there's if there's an overarching lesson to, that I glean from this magic moment, 
it's, you know, to, it's that when you're young and, and I'm, I, I think, I mean, I'm relatively young, you know, you're relatively young, you know, maybe, you know, you know, no offense, but you know, you know, I'm getting up there. You're getting, I'm getting up, up there, but youthful even me, but <laughs> you know, when, when you're young, you don't always realize the work that it takes to maintain success and you don't always realize how good things are and that, you know, ego doesn't matter. You know, pe- you know, petty differences don't matter when success is attainable. I mean, it's right. what Pat Riley calls the problem of more. Um, and I think that hit the magic hard in, in the 95-96 season. Um, I, I think that really hit them hard and, and drove a wedge between Shaq and Penny and Shaq and the organization. And, you know, it, it's just... You've got to kind of sometimes take a step back and realize what you what you have, and be humble about it, be thankful for it, and to keep working to maintain it yeah. instead of instead of always, you know, reaching for more or getting your own. And you know, then again, the lesson can sometimes be: it's okay to reach for more. You're young. There's there's there's. There is a possibility. There is a possibility for more opportunity, but when that great opportunity comes, you cannot squander it because you never know when the rug's going to get pulled up, pulled out from under you. Right. There is a Smashing Pumpkins song that came out around the same time this all happened, and Billy Corgan says the line "Youth is wasted on the young," mm-hmm. and it really is so appropriate, and it, it extends far beyond just basketball, but. It's like the time when people are most gifted in life, both mentally, physically, and everything. We don't have all the experience and wisdom to know what to do with it, you know? And and I think we saw a little bit of Sha- that when, with Shaq when he came for his Hall of Fame induction. And he started saying some of the lines we questioned the sincerity of. Maybe they were sincere, you know? Because when you're given a, a, the, the retroscope of looking 20 years back at something that you did at a time before you were a fully-fledged mature adult, like I, I mean, Shaq and Penny—they look like two old men reminiscent about being when they were kids, sitting in those yeah, chairs at the end of the they documentary, you know. And and yeah, and I, I'm getting up there with them, you know. And you, you look back at things you could do then, and you say, "Man, if I could have only had the mind I have now, with the gifts I had then." What and then it doesn't just apply to basketball; it applies to tons of things in life. Um, and and I yeah, that's that's like that is the real walkaway story from this all, really, more than just a, a tragic team gone wrong, like you said. Yeah, and and again, I, I think I think the documentary tells the story story really really well. Um, it's, it, I mean, no offense, no offense to the great job that Aaron Layden and Gentry Kirby did, and I think they did a really good job. You know, it's not an all time great thirty for thirty. It's it's a it's a good one. It's it's firmly, you know, it's it's firmly comfortably in there. It's not you know kind of the the hokey overprodu- you know hokey uh, MLB production uh, directed. Uh, four days in October, which which I think is the worst thirty for thirty. It's not King's Ransom that kind of scratched the surface on a really good topic that they could have really dug into. It's it, it certainly is an established solid story. Um, it brought back a lot of nostalgia, which I think is an important thing from a documentary. Um, it raised uh, it, it told the story well, and it raised a lot of these issues. I mean, if if I could have you know asked for one thing, I would have said pick pick a pick a theme and build it around that theme. Uh, and, and tell the story through that theme, and and and, and that would uh, really drive a lesson home to to the audience. But at the same time, this you know, like we're Magic fans, we 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 know the we know these stories. I mean, I think on Twitter during the thing, I told additional stories that I know about 
about the magic team, about how the magic were founded. Um, you know, the one story that, that always stood out to me um, about how the team got named the magic. Um, it was the winner of a, of a Sentinel poll. Uh, but the story that, that always stuck out to stood out to me was, you know, Pat Williams brought his family down to Orlando for the first time to kind of see the city and, and see where they were going to potentially be living. And, you know, as his daughter was getting back on the plane to head back up to Philadelphia, she, she turned to her dad and said, this place is magic. And that's kind of where they got the idea for the name magic. And it, it didn't make the documentary. I'm, I'm sure Pat Williams told it, uh, but that, that's always, a, that's a story that stuck out that always stuck out to me about, you know, this team and, and why this city got chosen essentially to, to, to have an NBA team. Cause the Orlando was nothing, you know, I mean, you look at Orlando now and even Orlando now compared to Orlando when Shaq was here, you know, this city has grown up a lot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, both not just not not, not t- just talking about building the Amway Center. You know, this city's grown up a lot in the way downtown structured, the way industry has moved into this into the city. Um, the medical indus- medical research industry is huge in this city now. There's a huge tech startup industry in, in the downtown Orlando area. There's you know Orlando City Soccer. We have ma- we have a second major league sports franchise now. Uh, you know, events want to come Driving to Orlando, one. huh? I'm sorry. I said a thriving one at that. Yeah, yeah, a and thriving was, one. And it was fun. Yeah. It was funny watching some Orlando City fans uh, following this magic moment because you know not all of them are Magic fans, but there are lessons for that franchise here too. And I, I don't think Orlando City or their fan base will repeat the the mistakes that the Magic and the Magic fan base made in, in those heydays. I, I mean, I think I think it was a you know again you learn from experience, and this city's learned from that experience. They you know wanted Dwight to stay. They showered him with love, and and you know when he he spurned them like I, I mean I, I've had people say I think they I think Dwight was worse than Shaq, and I'm like you know I don't know like Shaq was pretty bad, and and I'm I'm much I was much older when Dwight left, and you know covering the team by then, and and I understood a lot of what was going on behind the scenes, uh, mm. and, and what was you know kind of spurring Dwight to to move on, and it, I, I don't think it was the same. I think Shaq kind of blindsided the Magic a little bit. Um, it was a shocker when Shaq left. Yeah, it was, was a, lot of, a while to brace ourselves for. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know, but at the same time, though, I understand why fans are more hateful of Dwight than Shaq. I mean, Shaq was kind of pushed out the door in some ways, and Dwight got nothing but love, and he still, you know, turned them down. And 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 you right. know, it, it, nothing's worse. I mean, nothing's worse than than being turned down by by something or someone that you, that you love and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the Magic fans have had to experience that twice now with with franchise changing centers and and seeing championship teams crumble pretty quick, pretty quickly and deteriorate pretty quickly. Uh, the, 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 when you're a sports fan for two decades and approaching three decades now in a couple years of, of a team, you're going to see the highs and you're going to see the lows and there's going to be lots of them. But this this was the highest the team got, notwithstanding that it got swept in the finals and the Magic did yeah. win one in 2009. This was the peak. The Magic had global popularity. And, you know, it's only many years afterwards that you see that kind of stuff just doesn't happen often, you know. And and when you're a kid and that's part of your childhood, that, that's that's special. You know, they, like I said to Shaq, I said it all in one line to him. I said, thank you for the memories. He gave us some great memories. So did Penny Hardaway. The whole team was a, a great memory. But it, like like Nick Anderson said, it was the short story. It was a short great memory, and then and it, 
at some on some level, I'm just inclined to take it at face value and have enjoyed those games. I remember when they used to post those little Superman signs up along the baseline after every dunk he threw, and all those little good memories. They're not going to go away. You know, I'll remember those another 20, 40 years from now. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think you, you you said it. I think you said it well. Um, it, it it definitely was. A, a really good memory. Um, it, it, it was, it was, I mean, I, I mean, it, they may not, I mean, I, I think this is the bait that will rage on with, with magic fans for, for a long time about who was the best team in magic history. But as far as impact on the NBA, I don't know, I don't know about it. Yeah. As far as just like recognition and impact culturally, no team will be greater than, than the Penny and Shaq magic teams of, of 1995 and 1996. Um, mm-hmm. They were just uh, on another level that that this franchise has not seen and, and probably won't see for for a very very long time. And it was good to it was good to see the memories put up on screen. It was good to relive it. Um, uh, and it, it was tough to 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 fall to to follow the crash again. But um, it, it it is a necessary part of the story. You can't tell the story without it. It it, it doesn't go on forever. It it ends. And yeah. And yeah. It's 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 rough, um, but uh, but it's it part of it's part of who we are. I, I don't think we should ever run away from. It. No, no, you can't. It's it's part of the franchise's, uh, you know, it's it's fa- the face of the franchise and how it developed. And it, there's a lot of real sad things about it. You know, like aging is just isn't a beautiful thing. Look, John Gabriel's starting looks to, yeah. have, to have some kind of battle with Parkinson's. You know, and it, so all things are fleeting, and you know, it. it it's it's just my my the my father who watched all those games with me. He's no longer here to watch magic games with me. You know, like we just have to enjoy these things and these great teams and all these things in life while they're here because they're not going to be forever. And Nick Anderson's career went south after missing those four free throws. You know, so it's just it's it's a moment in time and they captured it well. This magic moment. It was a really magic moment. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was an incredible it was an incredible ride uh, for sure. Um, before you know, we're gonna jump into a little bit about how the magic season ended here before we, uh, before we we, we sign off. Um, do you have any other thoughts about about the documentary uh, that that you want that you want to get in? Um, no, I, I I told you before we got on air that the one thing I'd forgotten completely about, and I still can't even rack my mind for it, is that commercial where Shaq bumps the little penny off the couch. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember that. That seems like a, it would have been a big uh, rift in the in the pond, so to speak. But I don't remember that at all. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. There's that. Um, yeah. It's yeah. I I I completely forgot about that too. I mean, I remember the little penny commercials. I remember the Shaq Gnosis shoes. Um, stole mm-hmm. my favorite shoe design, the Shaq Gnosis. <laughs> um, he he wore them at WrestleMania <laughs> a, a few weeks ago when when he went into the ring with with the Big Show and Kane. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's it. You know, it's it's funny. We might we might see Shaq at WrestleMania fighting the Big Show next next year um, in Orlando. So we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, the, I mean, the only other thing I can think of is is you just forget how good Shaq was when he was in Orlando. The L.A. Shaq and Orlando Shaq are very different players. Yeah. I, I, I mean, not not necessarily Shaq staying in Orlando. I, I wonder the biggest what if of Shaq's career to me is what if he you know, kept himself in Orlando shape and became just this wrecking ball behemoth 
of athleticism and size. Um, he right. was just unbelievable. Uh, but. I, I think that's another thing. Like when we finally did get our, our version point two of two point was Shaq, and it was Dwight. Dwight, even at his very peak, paled in comparison to our baby Shaq when we first had him in Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he Shaq was... would have wrecked Dwight. <laughs> if, if you could, offensively, you know, yeah. I, I mean, I think I still think Dwight was a better better defender, but a lot of that was motivation. I think Shaq, yeah. Shaq, Shaq's biggest. I mean, and 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 this is not. I, I think. I think. I, I think they let Shaq skate by a little bit in the documentary. Like they, the, the magic get blamed pretty hard. Magic fans get, get blamed pretty hard. Shaq, you know, admits his faults, but Shaq kind of skates by like he, he, he wanted to be a star. Like his ego was really that big. And, and he's, you know, it proved itself in LA. He didn't always put the work in. Like he, he was, he could show up and dominate people. Um, and, and you wonder what would have happened if he were as dominant Offensive, defensively, as he was offensively, because I mean, Dwight, Dwight was Dwight's probably the best defender in Magic history. Like he changed games defensively, and Dwight—that's uh, I mean, a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic for another podcast. Stan, Stan, Van Gundy, Stan, Stan Van Gundy deserves a whole lot of credit. Mentioned yes, he that. does. Yes, he so does. So we'll we'll skirt past that anyway. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save that for another podcast. But uh, Magic fans, if 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 you ever before we move on to to, to kind of wrapping up real quickly this season and talking a little bit about the playoffs. Um, if you ever want to watch any clips from the old Orlando Magic teams, and I mean any clips, I have we have full games, literally full games of the mid-90s Orlando Magic. You go to the Orlando Magic Daily Video Vault. Just go to orlandomagicdaily.com. Go up to the menu tab. There should be a little there should be a, a, a little button that says Video Vault. Click on that. Um, we've collected as many YouTube videos as we can find, we, we, we tend to prefer older videos than the newer videos because there's just so many newer videos. But um, just about every, not every game, but many of the key games from the 1995 NBA Finals run, including game one of the Eastern Conference uh, semifinals against the Bulls, the, the Steel game, uh, including game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Including, if you if you want, I don't know why you'd want to watch these, but inclu- but if you want, the entire 1995 NBA Finals in its entirety is housed in one place on OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Visit the Orlando Magic Daily Video Vault. If you find videos um, that are not in there, or you want us to try and find some videos, not everything is on there. Not everything is on there. We're we're just kind of the idea of the Video Vault is to take what's already on YouTube. And kind of package it in in one place um, for you, so you don't have to go fishing around the fishing around YouTube for it. Like we put it there for you in one spot. Um, if you find anything or you want us to look look for anything, you know, shoot me an email, omagicdaily at gmail.com, or tweet at me, and I and I'll 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 take an honest look for it. I'll try and find it, and I'm always constantly trying to add, add things. Time. I'm sorry. You'll probably find all kinds of awesome stuff by accident along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and, and, and specially curated for you guys. I did this before the podcast. That's why I'm feeling a little happier than maybe Brett is after watching the documentary, after watching this magic moment. Um, I I watched the the final part, so the final two minutes of the Los Angeles Lakers versus the Orlando Magic from 1998, from March 1998. That would be Shaq's first game back when Nick Anderson hit a three and did the uh, the Merton Hanks stance uh, as the Orlando Magic defeated the Los Angeles Lakers without Penny Hardaway. 
Um, if you need to pick me up, go to the Orlando Magic Daily Video Vault. I link to it on Twitter as well, but go to the Orlando Magic sure. Daily. Go to orlandomagicdaily.com. Click on Video Vault. Go to 1997-98 season. Find the game against the Los Angeles Lakers. The Magic win by two. And uh, click on that, and uh, you will enjoy yourself for, for 13 minutes at least uh, and make yourself feel just just a little bit better. Um, yeah. Brett, we're recording this. Uh, it's now past midnight on the East Coast, but we're recording this on thir- on Thursday, uh, the, the premiere date of, of this Magic moment. Um, the Magic had their exit interviews today uh, to conclude the 2016 season. They finish at 35 and 47. Uh, we don't want to dig in too deeply because you know, I want to get get people get people you know on their way. But what were your general impressions of your of the of this edition of the Orlando Magic as as they head into this this critical off season? Well, tractor beaming back here into the year 2016. Uh, it, it was an interesting year. Um, you and I both pegged the team for somewhere between 32 and 35 wins. They got 35 wins, so expectation delivered. It was just, you know, as we said last podcast, the weird method about which it all came. Starting the season 19 and 13, looking like, a you know, not just a playoff team, but maybe a home court playoff team. And that didn't happen. So now it's kind of looking back and seeing why did the wheels go off? Should they have ever been so firmly on to begin with, you would argue. Um, and, you know, the whole thing is just now it's about trying to troubleshoot because the roster is about to go under some major changes this summer. And before you change the roster, ideally you want to know what you're trying to fix. So um, there's a need for an interior to defender. There's a need for some more outside shooting, especially after just giving Fry away. And, you know, this team has to go now for where it wanted to this season, next season, or Rob Hennigan may be on his, onto his next job. You know, the, the Magic need to be in the playoffs next year. And... There's enough, there's enough talent on the roster now, and we know what we have in some parts, especially, I'm speaking of Aaron Gordon, that the Magic don't have any excuses on the board for next year to make the playoffs. They have to. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with that. There's, there's certainly a lot of pressure to make the playoffs next year. Um, this season was, was a strange one. Um, uh, like, you, like you said, um, you know, I pegged them to win 35 games. I'm very happy that, that I got that one right. Uh, so I'm not like... I, I, I sense with Magic fans, there's a lot of frustration and disappointment, and, and I think that's okay. Um, certainly, the players are frustrated and disappointment. Um, the big kind of takeaway was they felt like they they let a lot of opportunities slip by, and, and that's why they're going home. Um, it was it wasn't anything anyone else did. It was their own inconsistencies that caught that caught them this game, and they just couldn't figure out how to how to escape that. Um, and so this was a very strange season in that sense, uh, but. Um, it was also kind of a, the season we expected in many ways. Um, I think the team learned a lot about the the roster that they have, and and hopefully can can determine who they're moving forward with. Um, I think there are still some questions about this core. To be frank, uh, uh, mm-hmm. no star has emerged. Um, they obviously traded Tobias Harris uh, in, in in a big in a big deal, um, but um, it, it, it's. It, it, it's still hard to figure out what direction they should move forward in. Um, you know, I, I think the important thing to do this summer is is to firmly pick that direction and start building a team around around that direction. It's not time to collect more assets. It's time to build a team, however you do that. And if something doesn't fit that vision anymore, it, it needs to be discarded or it needs to be cashed in. And, and I think that's, that's, that's an important thing to learn and to figure out this year. And so in that sense... 
I think the year was somewhat of a success or, or I, I would I wouldn't call this season a success because I do think making the playoffs was a was a noble goal and something they needed to, to try and accomplish um, but it certainly wasn't a bad season for me in, in my eyes and so uh, I'm not I'm not at all satisfied with with how the magic did this year uh, but I'm not no, I don't have that same level of frustration. It's more of a okay. It's time as as a general manager. It, it it's time to get to work. It's time to, you know, make you know not make wholesale changes, but makes make some changes. Get you know tweak tweak things a little bit to uh to to take to have this team take its next step forward. And so, you know, we'll we'll see what they do in the coming months. Um, it's obviously going to be a very interesting time. We'll have a lot on that coming up on orlandomagicdaily.com throughout the summer. Just because the season ends does not mean we are done. Uh, the next question I have for you, Brett, the playoffs start Saturday or su- Saturday. Um, yeah. um, they start Saturday, What yeah. team, I mean, I think, aside from the obvious team, what team should Magic fans cheer for uh, in, in the playoffs coming up? Who should, who, should we, who should we hitch our bandwagon to right now? Well, I mean, I, I'm completely biased on this. This is the most biased question you ever could have asked oh, me. Oh boy! But 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 I'm I'm saying the Boston Celtics. I want Ooh. people to observe what Brad Stevens has done with a marginally talented roster, whose best player is Isaiah Thomas. For all his faults and and strengths, he's not exactly a superstar. And he's the an Celtics are really tough. he is an all star, and he deserved to be an all star. And the Celtics are a really tough team that. Um, are greater than the sum of their parts. They're 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 a joy to watch uh, for me. Yeah, I, I haven't picked who who I think Magic fans should cheer for yet. I, I kind of want to say um, Portland and Detroit just for Stan for for just Detroit for, just That's for Stan reason. and Tobias and Mo, and Mo Harkless. Yeah. Um. But yeah. I, I I mean I when I look I mean I I, I like Boston because I agree that's a model for the Magic to follow. Um. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I'm a big Dirk guy, I so I like I like the Mavericks, but but if I had to, if I'm picking a team for the Magic to, to, to cheer for, to out and out cheer for this postseason, yeah. you know, I, I love what Toronto's built. Um, I think that they have the best chance to dethrone the Cavs and, and really make a good story, you know, kind of be very similar to that 09 Magic team. No one believes yeah. they can do it. They they haven't performed well in the playoffs. I'm still a little shot a little gun shy on them uh as far as i'm still a little certainly a tough team. i'm sorry certainly a very tough team. They're yeah they're a very, very talented tough team. team uh but yeah. they haven't won in the playoffs yet so i'm a little gun shy with them i'm a, uh, the indiana game is the indiana series is is a got has me a little bit leery uh but i still think they're gonna be a they're gonna be a good team to watch that i think the, i think they'll get to the eastern conference finals this year um where the moment will be just a little bit too big for them but you know, they're, 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 I mean, I know some Magic fans want DeMar DeRozan. He's, I don't think he's leaving Toronto unless, you know, uh-huh. unless they lose in the first round, but I don't think he's leaving Toronto and I don't think he's necessarily a guy the Magic are going to be after. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, I, I, thought I, really think, funny I think situation. they're just a good team for, for Magic fans to watch. Okay. The, the Bulls missed the playoffs just like Orlando, but say the Bulls had not missed the playoffs and they slid in as the eight seed and they faced Cleveland and got trounced really bad four games in a row. Would that have made it easier to snag Butler? 
seeing him leave on really bad terms on the, you know, that was just, no, a no, I think, I think, I think, I think if, if you're looking, if you're looking for the bulls to do a complete rebuild, missing the playoffs is, is what you wanted. Okay. All right. Yeah. That, all right. Sex out then. Yeah. That, that's yeah. what I was wondering. Um, before, before we close out here, uh, is anyone going to beat the warriors? Um, I mean, there's only one team that I give a chance to, but I've said that before the season started, that was San Antonio. Yeah. And I, I yeah. don't think I don't think San Antonio is gonna beat the Warriors. I, they I, need they need a couple more Kawhi Leonard's on their team. One's not enough. They need they need more than one. They they don't need just Kawhi Leonard's. They they need a lot of other things. That that Warriors team is just yeah, it's 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 a ridiculously good team. And there's they are. I'm, I'm not gonna. I, ask... I enjoyed Mamba Night last night though. I, it turned into Mamba Night after I saw the it Warriors did. read. It did. It. it did. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna ask the next obvious question because that's a rabbit hole. I don't care to go down because I think it's irrelevant as much as Twitter people want me to think it's relevant. Um, you know, so I, I won't go down there. Um, Brett, it was, it was good talk. It was good talking to you about the documentary. It was, it it was good to see the magic back in the spotlight. Um, it was good to, it was good to hear those stories again. Good to have that story told. And, um, you know, it was just good, good memories, good times. Yeah, it was a, it was a great period in my life. It was in your much younger life at that point. And, you know, like I said, like I said, they can't take those memories away from us. We, we didn't get a title. Who knows how many years it may be until this franchise wins a title. So, for right now, we have two finals appearances to to look and kind of reconstruct in our minds. But we don't have uh, three banners hanging like the Miami Heat yet. No, no, and let's not compare ourselves to that team down south. They seem to ruin everything for us. Um, they kinda, but, yeah, they're the they, secret. They they're, back. They're, I mean, they're they're the secret villains of that of that whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, they kind of are. Like they, they won one with Shaq. That like didn't get mentioned in the film at oh all. Oh my god! It wasn't but I, they, I, they, they won a title with Shaq. I'm I will. Kidding. I will. I will put my cousins on blast here. You guys know who you are, Jacob and Adam. They both. We we went. We went down to Miami for the 2006 finals. We got tickets to Game Four. Um, I was. I'm a. Like I said, I'm a big Dirk fan. The, the I've. I only per- wanted to buy two jerseys of non-Magic players. I got a Tim Duncan jersey and a Dirk Nowitzki jersey. Um, ironically, that there, there was I did have I did have a time where I was straying a little bit. Um, I, I did wear a Dirk Nowitzki jersey under my Tracy McGrady jersey one time to a Magic game because I was just <laughs> Dallas was my Western Conference team. I wanted Mark Cuban to buy the Magic. Um, yeah, but I wore I wore my Dirk jersey to to Game Four, the 2006 Finals. Um, I had my um, my, my Magic fan appreciation shirt underneath it for when Daryl came in, which he did. I was very happy for Daryl. Um, and then my cousins buy Shaq jerseys, and I'm looking at them, and I was like, you guys aren't Magic fans if you buy those Shaq jerseys, period. And they bought I mean, them. This was, this was before we were ready to forgive Shaq. Yeah, that was that's selling your soul to the devil. Yeah, I told them <laughs> yeah. that. I told, oh, I, told them, I told them two things. One – you're not a Magic fan if you're buying a Heat jersey, and two, you're not a Magic fan if you're buying a Shaq jersey, especially with the Heat. So, I mean, did we did we forget that they had Shaq and Penny at the same time? The, either? Heat, the, the Heat, Heat reminded us on Twitter. I was I was I gave them a I gave them a shake in my damn head. Uh yeah. So the, that rivalry still exists. It's it's not dead yet. <laughs> it's 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 not an on court rivalry. Let's let's put it that way. Um, oh. it needs to be, but it, it's not yet. The, the teams just have never been good at the same time. That that's, um, it seems to be how it goes, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we'll we'll close out. We'll close out here. Um, this magic moment. Uh, I'm sure it'll be airing 
numerous times. If you missed it on Thursday night, um, I'm sure it'll be airing numerous times on ESPN and the ESPN family of networks. Check your local listings for this magic moment. I'm sure it'll be available on iTunes pretty soon. Um, I'm sure it'll be on Netflix uh, on the, when the next batch of movies come up on Netflix. Uh, so find it, watch it, um, be prepared to cry, be prepared to, to have a knot in your stomach, have some old wounds opened up, but enjoy the ride as well. Um, it, it's well worth your watch. I highly suggest you see it. Um, you know, we had this, we had a pretty good discussion about what that story and what that team means to, to the city, to us, um, what that, what the lessons of that story are. Um, I, I think it's a really, really interesting story from a national perspective, not just from a magic perspective. Uh, so, so make sure you watch it. Uh, Brett, do you, do you have anything else? No, uh, we got a lot coming for you this off season, everybody, you know, like, I don't know if you noticed last off season here at Orlando Magic Daily, we didn't die down and just sit around for a few months. We have plenty coming. So yes. keep checking the site. We're not we're not about to just shut it down until the Magic start next year. That's not how it works. No, that is not how it works. It, it the season never ends. Um, this the fun the fun is really just beginning. Um, yeah. Well, we'll we'll have we'll have some good content for you for you coming up here. I, I'll be cleaning out uh, exit interview stuff for for the next few weeks probably. In addition to some some other things that that are interesting that that catch my eye and catch our staff's uh, staff's eyes, um, but for for Orlando Magic Daily co-editor Brett Roberts, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. You can follow Brett on Twitter at thirty three trigger three three trigger. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily. Uh, follow us on orlandomagicdaily.com. Check out the video vault for classic games and uh, go magic, right? Go magic. We got some stuff coming. Awesome. Alrighty. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll catch you next time here on the Orlando Magic Daily Podcast. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.